Hey there, I'm Brad Feld, co-host of the Give First podcast, along with David Cohen. In this podcast, we talk about mentors and entrepreneurs in the startup world and discuss the concept of Give First, which means being willing to help other people without an expectation of return. It's not altruism. You do expect to get something back, but you just don't know when, from whom, and what consideration over what time period. Stay tuned for some great stories from some outstanding entrepreneurs about how making Give First makes great entrepreneurship possible. And now, before we really get started, the legal stuff, spoken really quickly. The following discussion is expression of personal opinion does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversation is for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal, business, investment, or tax advice, and it's not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities in some of the companies discussed in this podcast. This is not in tiny little print at the bottom of the advertisement on your TV set, because it's a podcast. Hey, everyone. Today, it's Brad Feld hosting the Give First podcast. My co-host, David Cohen, is somewhere in Europe, as you may have heard from a previous podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Mark Nogger and Dave Mayer, two Colorado friends who have been involved in a bunch of things Techstars related, a bunch of things Colorado related, and a bunch of things entrepreneur related, as well as other stuff. And they're both, uh, they're both super people. So, Mark, Dave, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, grateful to be here. Thank you. We're going to practice the interviewer interviewing two people where the two people that are interviewed talk over each other. So we'll get good at it <laughs> but maybe by the end of the episode. Off to a good start. <laughs> Let's start with uh, brief intros of each of you. Mark, why don't you go first? Just 30 seconds. Give us your background and then Dave, follow. Great. Thanks, Brad. Happy to be here. So my background, I uh, spent about 10 years helping get Startup Weekend up and off the ground from Seattle. And that grew into Up Global in partnership with Startup America. And then we ended up partnering with Techstars to hand that off, where I got to spend about a year as the chief community officer. Now I find myself in the mountains in Colorado, really focused on how to bring entrepreneurship to rural America. Dave? Passionate community builder. Uh, Mark and I have been working together off and on for many years, both in the front range and, and beyond. Mark is... As you likely know, in Telluride these days and all around Colorado for that matter, but I, uh, after 16, 17 years of building an ethical revolution in the recruiting community, uh, specifically among startups with the Give First ethos at its core, uh, my wife and I now live in Carbondale, so outside of Aspen, uh, but we do a tremendous amount of community building still in the front range as well as uh, throughout Colorado itself. So do you all remember the first time you met each other? or physically in the same place? Was there like a, a moment in time where you, you connected? Oh, it had to be one of the Startup Weekend events. If I recall right, Dave, you were given first before it was cool. <laughs> I think you were sponsoring the Startup Weekends in Boulder and Denver and as soon as Startup Week came out. So I had numerous interactions. I can't recall that very first one. but I seem to recall it was one of the first ones where you were involved in just approached you and just said, I, I wanted to understand how we could be of assistance. I don't even think that we were sponsoring. I think I was just a, a startup weekend organizer, one of, one of the first and training with you in Kansas City and you know how to be a better organizer. And yeah, just sort of really threw ourselves into what it meant to, to give first and, and um, support the startup ecosystem in Boulder as a, as a true partner. So we have a worldwide audience here at the Give First podcast. 
we're still trying to figure out names of countries because, uh, you know, when we refer to things like Europe, we have to talk about whether it's a country or a city. My guess is people outside the Front Range might have heard of Telluride or outside of Colorado, I mean, might have heard of Telluride, but I doubt many have heard of Carbondale. Dave, tell us a little about Carbondale and Mark, tell us a little about Telluride. Yeah, Carbondale is this, this really amazing little 6,000-person town nestled in the what we call the, the Roaring Fork Valley. It's a 40-mile, 50,000-ish person uh, valley uh, full of, of really smart people who, who really love the outdoors. Uh, obviously, at the top of the valley, from a physical standpoint, is, is Aspen um, and um, all things that that means, both in summer and and in the fall and the and you know in the winter obviously amazing skiing you know we are fortunate enough to be surrounded by a, a ton of incredible entrepreneurs there's more than 50% of the population here are either solo entrepreneurs or who are entrepreneurs who run small businesses and um yeah you know one of the first things i did after leaving the boulder and denver startup ecosystems was to sort of go and, and try to find my people here in the Valley. And while there was a handful of different organizations, we were all sort of orbiting each other and there was no sort of center of gravity around entrepreneurship and, and startup ecosystems. And so I started something called Aspen Entrepreneurs back in 2014 that has now merged with an organization called CoVenture. And we can talk about that more later, but, um, you know, ultimately it was the idea was to give resources and knowledge and, sort of, you know, sitting down with folks in the front range that happens all the time, the uh, fireside chats that happen all the time in the front range, uh, that didn't exist here. And I knew that there was a wealth of talent uh, and a wealth of knowledge and just needed a little bit of prodding to get involved in the community. And so we've been, uh, we started out by just sitting down at the brewery and, and inviting entrepreneurs to come and talk about the problems they were having and see how we could be of assistance and bringing that Give First ethos into uh, Aspen and, and the Valley. And then we, we moved into these fireside chats with uh, Old Guard meets New Guard. And the first time, first event we did was with George Stranahan, who was a, an incredible, is an incredible human being you know, a, an old friend of Hunter S. Thompson's and all sorts of shenanigans that he he uh, has great stories about. But, you know, moved here as a physicist, um, you know, because he loved fishing and but ultimately also started the Aspen Center for Physics, as well as a Flying Dog Brewing Company, and then later Stranahan's Whiskey. But we brought him together with Duncan Klaus, who runs Aspen Brewing Company. And having those two in a room, all of a sudden, you know, we had a hundred hundred people and entrepreneurs and, and interested parties who were who were really wanted to get involved, and uh, and that's when things really started to go for Aspen entrepreneurs. So we, we've got you know six thousand person town in Carbondale connected from sort of Aspen to Glenwood Springs for anybody that's come to the mountains and visited that part of the world. You know, fifty thousand people. Mark, let's shift to Telluride. Like, describe Telluride. What's its size and what's it connected to? Yeah, um, so a little smaller, another order of magnitude almost. About 2,500 people in town here, maybe 5,000 in the greater valley. And I actually landed here a couple of reasons. My, my family goes back to the 1500s in a tiny little mountain village, so it's like in my DNA. I was uh, born and raised in the mountains in California, actually in Mammoth Lakes. And after spending a bunch of time kind of in the startup, the tech world up in Seattle, 
found my way back to Telluride because on my honeymoon, my wife Ashley and I came to take one of the Startup Weekend organizers out to a drink. The Startup Weekend that was hosted here in, in Telluride was from uh, Dennis Lankis. And Dennis was the first person in the tiniest town, especially a mountain town that had ever hosted a startup weekend. So that was near and dear to my heart. And of course, that was a good excuse on my honeymoon. <laughs> and uh, we just fell in love with the community here. And, you know, there are a couple great folks leading the charge. Jesse Johnson, who helped start the Telluride Venture Accelerator. Paul Major with the Community Foundation here really focused on how do we look at Telluride as a microcosm for what's happening in the rest of the country? And through the lens of economic development, how can entrepreneurship play a massive part of that vision to create a more sustainable economy over the long term? So both of you are entrepreneurs and startup community organizers in little tiny places. And I know both of those places well. I'm, I'm sitting here in Aspen as I'm recording my end of this, uh, this podcast and it's amazing when you look at Carbondale, Telluride, and all of the entrepreneurial activity in these regions, just the amount of it. And it's almost the, it's almost the defining statement that undermines the concept that you have to be in a major city to be an entrepreneur. You know, if you want to extend that even further, you have to be in Silicon Valley to be an entrepreneur. I think at this point, most people realize that's nonsensical, that entrepreneurship happens all over the world and that there's lots of different places in the world where you can build real startup communities. But each of you are in these very, very small cities and communities, and yet there's incredible vibrancy around entrepreneurship. Why? How? What's the magic? Mark? Yeah. I'd say, you know, 10 years ago, it would have been hard to imagine the level of density around entrepreneurs, as Dave kind of hinted at in their valley. But you'd be surprised the number of people that are freelancers or entrepreneurs or have been in the entrepreneurial world and now looking for kind of a change of, of pace, you find you find some incredibly accomplished people in, in these small towns. And likely they're the people who grew up here, who went off, had careers and came back. And they're looking to participate in different ways as entrepreneurs, again, as investors. And you end up with just a, a vast resource of this intellectual and financial and network capital in these small towns. And I truly believe it's, you know, it's not just the mountain towns, it's the Montroses, the Grand Junctions, the Durangos. You know, I know for those of you not familiar with Colorado, look them up. They're about six hours from uh, the front range. They really are kind of in the middle of nowhere, but we have proof. We just, you know, we just recently had a, a tech company called Git Prime exit for $170 million out of Durango. We had uh, Mercury Payment Systems. I think it's one of the, uh, is it four unicorns that have come from Colorado history, also came from Durango. So you kind of have this level of activity that's that's already happening in these communities. And I think it's just an amazing opportunity to come in and put a little more organization, community building, a lot of what we've learned in the big cities over the last decade in Startup Communities 1.0, if you will. <laughs> I think for me, it's sort of borrowing a phrase from... The Grand Junction, Colorado Chamber of Commerce, which is the, you know, the Colorado you are always promised, you know, and, and that, that applies sort of fill in the blank, right? It could be the Kansas you are always promised. For me, it's about quality of life, right? And, and broadband and the fact that people can work from wherever 
they want now. And all you need is a laptop and a great internet connection and a great idea and obviously an ability to execute and ability to build a, a great team around you. And, you know, sure. I mean, obviously we have an embarrassment of riches in Aspen and, and Telluride and these kinds of places, but it doesn't matter. It really is fill in the blank rural Kansas and, you know, uh, rural UK, rural Wales. You know, I was just in uh, Kelowna in Canada, uh, which is sort of wine country, but, you know, I think it's about a hundred thousand people, uh, but they're building a, a strong, but small, but mighty tech ecosystem. And I was really, really impressed with the, the entrepreneurial ecosystem there. And same with much smaller communities in Fernie and in Revelstoke. And there is, you know, Startup Canada, little outposts. And, you know, I think it's a matter of creating your own reality, surrounding yourself with people who are super passionate about, you know, raising their, their families or just you know, living the lifestyle that they really want and go mountain biking during the day, go skiing first thing, get that powder day, and then work on your, your, either your side hustle or your, your business, you know, for, for, you know, however many hours you feel is necessary. So Dave, you and I have gone back and forth on this, like the new American dream isn't, you know, getting a fancy job and climbing the corporate ladder anymore, right? It's more about living and working where you want and have, you know, with the qualification of having meaningful work. Absolutely. And, and you're, you know, I was listening on my trip around Canada, listening to Naval Ravkant, you know, and talking about the definition of success, right? I mean, it doesn't mean that you're making a billion dollars and exiting and stressing yourself out every single day. It, you know, everybody has their own definition of success. And if that means, you know, working out of a coffee shop and, and hitting a powder day and working with your friends and working on something that you've been dreaming about forever, then that's an easy win. That's an easy success. So let's key on the idea of rural for a bit. Anybody who follows U.S. politics, society, culture, probably has heard the phrase uh, urban-rural divide and the challenges sort of in our country around the difference between these urban areas and everything else which gets tagged with rural if you look at a map of the U.S. from a sort of, you know, which team are you on, the red team or the blue team, the coasts are blue, The everything else is red except for Colorado, which is blue. So there's there's something going on different, in, at least from that, that lens. When you think about how entrepreneurship and how startup community impacts things culturally in Colorado, I, I reflect on... John Hickenlooper, who was our previous governor, and, and some of the initiatives he had, and one raw, you know, one specifically that Mark, you and I have been involved in that you're now leading, which is uh, the Greater Colorado Venture Fund, which was sponsored by the Colorado Venture Capital Authority, and Stephanie Copeland is very involved in. I was one of uh, people on Hickenlooper's cabinet, running Office of Economic Development, very involved in that whole activity. Using that as a lens and thinking about the importance of economic activity and economic rejuvenation in non-urban Colorado or non-urban America. What are you guys learning and how does that play into the whole notion of startup community? And then how does that relate to the idea of Give First? Ooh, good question, Brad. I feel like I have to answer or start the answer with why is it so important? 
in, you know, you alluded to American politics, you know, right. Doesn't matter what side you're on. You have to agree. There's that growing division is the cliche right now. Right. And it's true. You can feel it, right. You go to the small towns in America and you realize that there is a, you know, different level of access to the skill set, the jobs, the, the same things that you might find more on the coast. And, it's really about how do we solve that urban rural divide. And I look at, you know, what a lot of the politicians are talking about. And given all of my experience with Startup Weekend and, you know, especially leveraging kind of the give first mentality and, you know, the ecosystems that we've seen evolve over the years, what that is an underlying value of, it's it feels like entrepreneurship truly is the right solution. I'm a little biased. I think that's that's entrepreneurship is my hammer for every nail. <laughs> but I think we've seen the power of it through what Techstars is leading, you know, both with the accelerators around the world, with the community programs, Startup Weekend, right? It, I fundamentally believe entrepreneurship is the most powerful force advancing human welfare. And that kind of sets the stage for you know, the work that we're both of us are doing and why we're choosing to do it in places that everybody might think is a little bit crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, to tag on to that, I think it's, you know, we started with this idea of, of fostering uh, economic resiliency and economic diversity in a, in a town that is largely based on, on tourism around the ski community, around folks who come to spend their summers in, in Aspen, but there is a tremendous service industry that makes sure that Aspen is successful that commutes up and down this 40 mile valley and even more. And that's not really a long term plan. You know, Aspen Ski Resort, or I guess Altera Company, uh, who, who's sort of the parent company of uh, Aspen Ski Resort, is, you know, out front with regards to talking about climate change. And, you know, in 20 years from now, there may not be a ski resort here or there's ski season is going to be a lot shorter. And so that means we need to diversify the types of skills that are embraced in this valley. And and there is an amazing quality of life in this valley, but it's harder and harder to make a living here. And so, you know, Justin Lewis and I have been working to build a, a, a tech ecosystem here. The Roaring Fork Technologists grew from 50 to more than 250 people now and, you know, built fully on this Give First ethos you know, how and why it's important, you know, sitting down with Justin a couple of years ago and just explaining how it fostered inclusion, how it fostered collaboration, what I saw on the front range of how it brought people together, including competitors, you know, the really, the light went on for him and it has been incredibly successful. You know, I think there's some fear uh, and Mark, you can echo this as well, of you know, of the word entrepreneur, or the word startup, you know, that we're somehow going to attract a, a Facebook to a 50,000 person valley and that's going to change everything. You know, that's not really the goal, right? You know, I think it's, you know, five or 10, 10 to $20 million companies can create real jobs that people can have great health care, raise their kids here, live the life that they've dreamed of and not be forced out by, you know, these rising prices of, you know, what it means to live around Aspen or Telluride. I think, Dave, that's probably, you point out, you know, one of the big differences to Brad's question of what's, what are we learning? And you just have to right size. It's not about creating the next Facebook in these communities. It is about, you know, the five, $10 million companies, right? Because those are the full-time year-round benefit-paying jobs that, you know, are double the general average median income, right? It's, it's, those are the things that attract the right type of individuals to these communities and those communities set up 
families and, you know, own houses. They get involved in local politics and the school system. They become, you know, the entrepreneurs and the jobs they create become kind of the heart and soul of these communities. And, you know, as long as we kind of right size the expectation for what type of companies and the, you know, the definition of entrepreneurship uh, and what that means in these places, it's, you can see it being successful already. And the opportunity is really there for us to, again, just get, get more organized and take the lessons we've learned and, and apply them on being a little more intentional about that. Mark, when I, when I show up at events on the West Slope, I was just, which I learned now, the, the, new, the new tagline is West Slope, Best Slope. Right? <laughs> exactly. I'm old, so I call it the Western Slope still. But I was just at uh, West Slope Startup Week, and, or Startup Week West Slope, and it was in Grand Junction. And whenever I show up on the Western Slope, I always feel like when I say, hi, I'm from the Front Range, I'm here to help. It's kind of like saying when the IRS guy shows up at your house and says, "Hi, I'm the IR- I'm from the IRS. I'm here to help urge your office." Right? Something something doesn't feel awesome, and I feel that way whenever I, I refer to rural Colorado versus the phrase that I sometimes use, non-urban Colorado. So, you know, for everybody out there that is trying to think about the importance of language in this context, is it important? Does it matter? Does the word entrepreneurship trigger people in a way that's different than small business? Uh, you know, maybe specifically from a Colorado frame of reference, but probably generalizes pretty well. Yeah. And, and we've had conversations, Brad, about even the, using the word rural. And some of the feedback we got from folks in Grand Junction early on was that actually rural is, for the most part, a pejorative term. And it's generally used by politicians and it's talking, you know, down to those people. And it, that's the connotation that it's had. So we've, you know, been careful about, you know, creating identity that's not associated with terms like that, despite kind of the practical nature of the term rural itself. That's that's definitely another learning we've had. I think, you know, I, I had that fear as well when, you know, I moved to Carbondale and started putting on events and bringing people together in Aspen that I was the guy from Boulder and I was I was here to help, right? And you know, and I even got a warning from my wife that, you know, be careful with that, right? You know, you don't want to be perceived as any sort of desire to turn Aspen into Boulder because that that certainly never was the intention, but it didn't want people to perceive that. For me, it was always, you know, I'm here for the community to help think about the next 20 years. What do you want it to look like? And here is an ethos, a give first ethos that has been powerful in in communities all over the globe. And I believe that it's a rising tide lifts all boats, you know, walk into something, walk into a, a room and just say, how can I be of assistance to you? Instead of, you know, what kind of car do you drive and what kind of you do for me? And here's my business card, you know, really flipping it up on its head and helping people understand why the Give First ethos is so powerful, rural, or urban or otherwise, you know, it was just sort of the great equalizer for me. It was just, look, we're all in this to help this community look at the next 20 years. What do you want it to be? Obviously, everybody in Aspen or, or lots of folks in Aspen may have a different definition from folks in Carbondale, from folks in Glenwood about what they want for the next 20 years. But there are plenty of areas for agreement. And if we're all just in this inclusive, collaborative, give first ethos together, you know, and asking each other how we can help solve one another's challenges and being genuine and authentic about it, 
then really um, there's no argument to be had. I want to maybe mention too that there's incredible value in the vocabulary and the values that are tied in connotation to certain words. And Brad, you mentioned the difference between entrepreneurship and small business. And we've had this conversation time and time again, but keep coming back to, no, we need to stick with the vocabulary that's new. It's a little different. Why? Because it's an opportunity to bring with that an entire new value set. And, you know, for at least all of the work that we're doing and the folks that we're associated with, like give first is one of those values associated with the term entrepreneur and startup with the work that we get to do. And that's an opportunity for us, you know, same with diversity and inclusion. I think entrepreneurship, if you think of it as a movement is one of the first movements that's been able to take a value like that and truly instill it from day one. And Techstars has just done an incredible job with that. I remember back to the early days of Startup Weekend where we were going and doing events in international countries where entrepreneurship and startup were very foreign words. And we constantly asked ourselves, do we need to rebrand? Do we need to tweak the vocabulary for each language or you know, each, each new setting, each community we go to? And we kind of stood strong on entrepreneur and startup. And now you wouldn't even question that in the vast majority of the countries that Startup Weekends are happening in. And with that came this incredible value set that is unified globally, which makes makes this so much more than any one community or any one founder part of something much bigger. Well said. Thank you for that, Mark. And, you know, certainly we'll echo that, you know, Techstars has been at the front and, and been inspiration for us. And when it comes to, and you specifically, Brad, have been an inspiration for me when it comes to, to speaking out and giving first uh, when it comes to, to mental health and speaking about your your depression, you know, and, and really just helping people understand that they need to, you know, can and should be open about their struggles, especially among the founder community um, and being vulnerable and authentic and is critical to being a great leader. And Bart Lorraine does a great job of that as well. And so super grateful for, for your leadership there. And, and that's, that's why, you know, you inspired me to put together a, a panel on mental health and in, in the startup ecosystem in 2014 and maybe we can link to that here. And, you know, that was one of the most rewarding things that I, I've gotten, you know, again, sort of no expectation of anything in return. But, you know, that video, that panel was filmed in 2014 at Boulder Startup Week. And only three or four months ago, I had a, a founder going through a really nasty breakup and, and come to me and say, hey, that, that video was really, really powerful for me. And it really helped me understand that I'm not alone. And so grateful for the opportunity to, to impact folks, you know, even years later. Um, and same thing, absolutely on diversity and inclusion and grateful for all the work um, Techstars is pioneering there. And, um, and we just did a panel again at Boulder Startup Week 2019 uh, on the topic and, and super powerful stuff. Mark, I wanted to, to say one of the things that, that inspired me most from years ago, recollecting what, what you just said and bringing folks together in other cultures was, you know, and the power of, of this Give First ethos and the power of the startup and an entrepreneurial ecosystem is when you brought Palestinians and Israelis together for the first time. I wonder if you'd be willing to talk about that briefly. Yeah, one of one of the early events hosted by some incredible community leaders that were collaborating, right? And they saw entrepreneurship as kind of a transcendent force. And they were able to actually organize with the governments 
a bus with armed guards going from Palestine to into Israel to the Perez Center for Peace, where entrepreneurs got to work side by side for the weekend. And if you looked at the pictures, guess what? You couldn't tell the difference of anything other than they're all entrepreneurs. And that was a unifying singular identity, but uh, such a powerful one. And we've seen that play out in countries and cultures all over the world. As we're starting to wrap up at the end of the podcast, I want to go into a quick fire round, which we've happily lifted from Harry Stebbing's great 20-minute VC. I'm going to try something a little different today, which is I'm going to ask you guys each a question. And what I'd like is an answer that's a proper noun. could be a couple of proper nouns strung together. And then a one-sentence why. Not a 30-second why, but a one-sentence why. And it just whatever comes to mind. Ready? And why don't we do why don't we do it alphabetical order? So Dave first, Mark second. Okay. I won. <laughs> Just for grants. <laughs> Ready as I'm gonna be. <laughs> we, we could do last name too alphabetically. Dave yeah. first, Mark second. Mark right. second. Right, that go. So question one, best city in Colorado. Oof. Gotta say Carbondale, hometown. Just an amazing first Friday. If you ever get a chance to come down first Friday, it's just close down the streets. Uh, everybody comes together. Everybody's smiling and and hugging. And, and uh, it's, it's an incredible monthly event. So come say hi. Good. That was a run on sentence, but I'll let you get away with it. Thank you. Mark? Telluride, hometown as well. It's uh, just this incredibly unique density of people from all over the world, all walks of life, and constantly have these amazing global, fest- globally relevant festivals from the arts to music to film. Just a wonderful place to be a part of. Another run on sentence. All right. No, no, why, no, 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 why with this one, just an answer. Best hiking trail in Colorado. Ooh, there's a, there's a secret waterfall outside of marble that, uh, uh, I will leave intentionally vague, but, uh, if people Google around, it is well worth looking around and there's a great disc golf course up there as well on the old marble quarry site. The Colorado trail, the whole thing. The whole thing. That's a long one. Some, some, someday maybe I'll do it. All right. Next one. Best restaurant in Colorado that no one knows about. I'll go uh, Tempranillo and Basalt. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that know about it, but not as many as that should. Uh, Tempranillo is, is incredible and uh, definitely highly recommended. Eatery 66 in Ridgeway, Colorado. Love it all local, organic, all the things, but uh, amazing. They are a hub for the community. Okay. Second to last question. If you could be an insect, what insect would you be? Oh, man. (laughs) Mark? (laughs) Oh, God. I'm going to go dragonfly. Dragonfly, all right. uh, Cockroach, um, anyone? (laughs) They do have a a longer lifespan. Survives nuclear war? Right. (laughs) All right, Mark, I'll let you off the hook. Last one, favorite book that you've read from the past year? I'll turn it on its head and, and uh, a nod nod to, to something you said in, in an event we did together, Brad. Uh, the, uh, the five love languages is on my next to read list. And I was politely given the book on the plane home from Canada last night by my wife. So uh, looking, for, <laughs> looking forward to it. Awesome. I will give it this has kind of the, the recency bias. Jerry Colonna's reboot book, Leadership in the Art of Growing Up. I had the chance to work with Jerry. His content, his podcast is amazing, reboot.io. Um, and it's just good, tried and true. 
advice to arm yourself with and help you be more introspective about your journey as a leader? Totally agree. I think Jerry's book, Reboot, may be the best book of 2019. It's certainly the best book of first half of 2019 as far as I'm concerned. So, yep. Great podcast with Tim Ferriss, too. Indeed. Dave, Mark, thanks for all the time. Awesome to have you guys on Give First and uh, see you soon. Thanks for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, or any person that you'd love to hear from on Give First. Please also leave us a rating and review and reach out to us at podcasts at techstars.com where you can reach me on Twitter at bfeld. See you next time. And don't forget to always give first.